You're listening to the Ending Human Trafficking Podcast. This is episode number 35, airing on August 16th, 2012. Welcome to the Ending Human Trafficking Podcast. My name is Dave Stahoviak. And my name is Sandy Morgan. And this is the show where we empower you to study the issues, be a voice, and make a difference in ending human trafficking. Sandy, glad to be back with you for another episode here. And we are starting to get towards the end of the summer, at least here in the States. And so it is starting to get to be back to school season. And I have to tell you, I'm a little nervous because I heard that you were going to quiz me again today like you have done in the past. Oh, yeah. Well, just a little pop quiz because uh, getting ready to go back to school, I think it's really important for educators to begin to understand the impact they can have on ending human trafficking. Hmm. So um, to do that, yeah, I'll give you that pop quiz right now. All right, great. Well, uh, before we jump into the very first question here, uh, this is a show where we want to be interactive with you. We want to hear your questions. We want to hear your feedback. And we want to stay connected with you. So as Sandy's asking me questions today, and also as we're talking about how educators can bring uh, lessons and can help fight human trafficking in the classroom, you definitely want to reach out to us with any of those questions so we can address them either directly or on a future show. And there's two ways to reach us that are very effective. One of them is to reach us by phone. And our line is 714-966-6361. You can also reach us by email. And the best way to do that is our email address, which is gcwj at vanguard.edu. And that stands for the Global Center for Women and Justice, which of course is housed here at Vanguard University of Southern California. And so that said, Sandy, let's jump right into the pop quiz. Yeah, All right, the I'm ready. Pop quiz. I'm well, ready. You know, I, I just bring this up because I think that educators need to understand how important it is that they themselves understand the issues of internet as it's related to human trafficking. Uh-huh. And that begins with getting a better understanding of how to use the internet. So hmm. in this, okay. this is a pop quiz in an educator's guide to online communication tools that is produced by the NetSmarts workshop people. Ah, and we've and talked, we've about, talked about them. Yes. Yeah. And, and it's good to use their material because we helped uh, produce it through um, uh, some federal grant money. And then we work with um, the National Center for Missing and Exploited Children. So there's lots of lots of good connections here. And for those who did not hear that episode when we talked in detail about how to keep kids safe online, you can find that at the Global Center for Women and Justice website, gcwj.org vanguard.edu. It's podcast number 12. Episode 12 is where we talked about how to keep kids safe online. And of course, you can find that on iTunes as well if you're listening to us Absolutely. through iTunes. And, and here's one of the questions that often comes up. Um, you know, if the internet is kind of a dangerous place, should we just, mm-hmm. there is no place for it in the classroom? Um, and what about 
the uh, kids learning to use this. Mm. Um, well, they might do this or they might do that. But the reality is with social media and marketing and all of the, the changes that the internet has um, created in our culture, it's going to be counterproductive to ignore it. So what we do need to do is engage it and begin to understand that there are principles and guidelines that we have to start teaching our kids very, very young, just like we did when we taught them how to cross a street, look both ways, and then look back again before you put your foot in the in the street. You know, Sandy, that's such an important point because I have heard people make the argument, well, just keep kids off the internet or keep classrooms off the internet. And it's just so hard to do, even if you can find a way to keep your children off the internet, there is the child next to them in the classroom who's That's got right. the iPhone mm-hmm. uh, who's, or you go to their house and they've got the computer set up and it's just, it's the internet is ever present in our lives. It, it is virtually everywhere now. And so we're best to really educate ourselves and learn how to not pretend it's not there or to fight against it, but how do we utilize the internet in the right way and be good examples as well as educators and adults and leading kids while there too. So with that remark, I have a pop quiz for you, My Dave stalling Sohovia. technique didn't that work didn't out very work. well. Uh-huh. All right, all right. I'm okay. ready. Teachers have faced disciplinary action for A, posting images of themselves with alcohol, mm. B, posting negative comments about administrators, or C, posting information about their students, or D, all of the above? Oh, it's one of those D, all the above questions, huh? I unfortunately think I've probably heard about all of those situations happening in news stories over the years, so I'm going to go with D, all the above. All right, you are 100% right, and for that, Mm -hmm. you get to listen to the rest of this lesson. (laughs) Okay, great. (laughs) So, um, So educators cannot just stick their head in the sand. They need to have a strategy. And so what I want to do for the time we have here together is to talk about, first of all, their responsibility personally to be um, tech smart. And there Mm. are some guidelines in this guide that uh, should, every teacher should remember. Um, Consider any comment or image that you post online. It is not private just because it's just your friends and you check mark the box um, uh, friends only. Uh, Did you forget that some of your friends are actually your work colleagues as well. So you have to remember what a public venue it is. And And that's not a bad idea for really anything you do on the internet. I know, Sandy, one of the things that um, we teach in our business when we're coaching people is that uh, assume that everything you send on an email is public knowledge. It's that it could be on the front page tomorrow because so often emails are forward, even if you send a private email to somebody. It can easily be forwarded. It can be easily be accidentally forwarded or copied. Mm-hmm. We've all had the yeah. reply all happen to us. Oh, my goodness. Tons of people get copied that were never intended to get copied on something. So really, anytime we're interacting online, we should just, whether we're an educator, a parent, anybody, we should assume that that is, if we write something, we say something, that that is absolutely going to be something that uh, is available to anyone. I know I 
think that anytime you and I get on the podcast and start broadcasting, I assume everyone's going to hear that. Exactly. And and thinking that the privacy settings are um, going to protect you is a little bit naive. And of course, Mm -hmm. we want to do the best job we can with our privacy settings. Um, And we want to uh, be careful about anything that has to do with our job, making remarks about people that we work with or people that are in some sort of supervisory role. And then when you follow that um, uh, line of thinking, you realize um, somebody that is your colleague today may be your boss tomorrow. Yeah. Uh, that could happen. And so then what grandma taught me, never say anything unless you can say something nice is probably a rule for cyber life, uh, just like it was for country life. So, um, and and here's something that got, somebody got, kind of got caught with. Um, they didn't say anything wrong, but they were posting while they were working. And- Uh-oh. Your the internet often timestamps things, and so then you get caught for quote unquote goofing off on company time. And so, what were you doing, working, and doing this at the same time? So these sure. kinds of be tech smart personally is very very important. Well, there's three areas that I want to talk about being tech smart professionally for teachers: um, how you talk to administrators how you talk to students, and how you talk to parents. Those are the three areas, administrators, students, and parents. Now with administrators, um, you need to know what your school district policies are about online communication tools. And if your school does not have a policy, then be right out there at the front to develop one because we need to know what the rules are so we know um, what not to do and avoid getting in trouble for something. And sometimes things that are done that create a lot of um, sadness for people because of jobs and so on. If somebody had just said, you can't do this, it would never have happened. So talk to your administrators about policy. Um, give your administrators access to any kind of class, social media, pages, blogs, video blogs, um, any of those kinds of things. Make sure your administrators know how you're using these tools in your classroom. They do not want to get um, surprised at a school board meeting. Mm. So make sure they're part of that. And figure out with your administrators how you're going to um use procedures that will deal with students when they make inappropriate um, blogs or postings, because this is going to be happen. What we used to have, and we still do, I guess, is Johnny came in and said that Charlie said something ugly to him on the playground. Well, now then we're getting this, um, somebody said something ugly on Facebook or MySpace or um, through an IM text, and we call this cyberbullying. So we need to have procedures in place, and administrators are the ones that are going to help teachers, and teachers have to ask them, what is it I'm supposed to do when Johnny comes to me? Talking to students. Students need to start learning right up front etiquette for communicating online. How do you do this respectfully? Mm. Um, And they need to understand once they put that in writing, it is forever there. Once they post a picture, it is forever there. You can take it down, but you did not delete it. It can be um, accessed somehow. There are 
wonderful geniuses that know how to do that. I'm not one of them, but they are there. And they need to understand how to report anything that might not be appropriate. So kids shouldn't have to be trained to know when to do this or when to do that, but they need to know who to tell when something inappropriate comes across their screen, and it will. So just like we say, um, I'm teaching you how to cross a street, look both ways, um, don't go if there's a car coming. It's the same thing. If you're online and you're learning how to navigate um, the cyber highway, if something isn't just right, you need to know what to do and how to call someone who can help you, a trusted adult that can help with that. So we're going to look at these these two and also talking to parents. Um, anytime we're dealing with online communication tools, parents need to know that and we need their permission so you get consent and they need to have access to view what their um, kids are doing in your class. And that should be... Um, a lot of openness and no uh, being very transparent with parents. So those are the three areas I want to talk about quickly. Okay. Administrators, students, and parents. Now, for parents, I recommend that you as a teacher, the first thing that you do is talk to your school administrators about offering um, some sort of parent class on online um, tools in online communities. And one of the best um, programs that I know of is the NetSmarts workshop called Educate Parents and Communities. And you can go to netsmarts.org to download that. Um, it's free and it's a great resource. It's on their NetSmarts Internet Safety Presentations page. Sandy, could you smell, spell NetSmart, uh, NetSmarts? Yes. And I can say it three times fast. Too. Ooh, yeah. fancy. NetSmarts, N-E-T-S-M-A-R-T-Z. Uh, gotcha. That Z.org and then the .org. And in this Educate Parents and Communities, you get a 45-minute PowerPoint presentation for parents and um, anybody in that takes care of children mm. that uh, would include kids between 5 and 17. So the presentation is already designed. You don't have to reinvent the wheel. And it covers three areas, facts of online risks, statistics, and um, and then tips for keeping children safer online, not safe, keeping them safer. Letting a kid walk to school when they become um, the right age does not um, and they've been taught how to cross the street, does not keep them safe, but it makes them safer. And it's right. the same principle here. The wonderful thing about this PowerPoint presentation, it comes completely set with video clips and pictures and um, all of the notes in a PowerPoint presentation. If you've ever worked with PowerPoint, you know that there is a section where it tells you what to say. All of that is there. So you don't even have to be an expert. You just have to familiarize yourself with the 45-minute presentation. Sandy, this actually brings me to one of the things I would think that educators may be concerned about is that um, I could see some people listen to this saying, well, I'm not really an expert on this. I don't know anything about online safety, or maybe if I know something, I wouldn't feel comfortable teaching it. It sounds to me like a lot of the content and the information and even the design, the curriculum design is already 
done and and already available to people. Exactly. And in fact, um, it is turnkey PowerPoint. You download it on your computer, you plug it into your um, projector, and you are ready to go. Mm. It's fabulous. And we've used this, and we are encouraging our community to use it. It's a wonderful community resource and helps even... um, uh, churches and uh, homeschool families can use this, private schools, public schools, anybody. There is no charge to use this. Cool. So accessibility, Very cool. number one. All right, Perfect. great. Um, okay, so for parents, we've covered that. We've talked about administrators. So what about the kids? How are you going to integrate internet safety training in your classroom? Consider... Um, if you're a third grade teacher, uh, they're not going to let you start a new class. You've already got a full schedule. You have to teach math, right? right? You have to teach reading and language arts and health. And um, there's actually a new area that is in many of the um, the curriculum program standards called technology. So what the NetSmarts workshop people have done is they've been able to take three areas that are part of an elementary school curriculum, including health, language arts, and technology. And then they break it out into um, the national um, education standards for that. And because I'm not a teacher, I don't understand all of these national standards. But it's a matrix chart, and it Um, has lots of columns where you would mark a particular skill in Mm -hmm. language arts or in health. And this particular lesson meets that skill requirement. It's, it's good you say that because, um, you know, I'm not a teacher either, Sandy, but, uh, you know, we know a bunch of teachers and I know one of the things that is a real challenge is finding time to fit things in, in an era of standardized testing and, you know, large amount of oversight of how do you find the time to be able to integrate something new into a curriculum so it sounds like the folks at NetSmarts have really anticipated that concern and have given good tools to help teachers to bring that into the curriculum well if if you are integrating it into a course that you already have to teach then you don't have to create new space for it and it meets that um, that course requirement and everybody's happy so it becomes a win-win let me ask you something else, because I think one of the things that teachers may be concerned about here is that when we start talking about subjects like online safety and you know, and we think about human trafficking and some of the issues around that, that this is a subject that's a little bit too mature for elementary, junior high kids. How does NetSmarts approach that, Sandy, and how do they, uh, how do they ensure that it is something that, that is appropriately presented? Hmm, that's a very good question. Um, and I think there, there are actually two answers to that. First of all, um, maybe we have to reevaluate um, what is too mature for a classroom. Uh, I know that when I first started talking about human trafficking uh, with young people in our school system, Uh, This is exactly what they said. That's a little too mature. So we started talking, and you've heard on our other podcasts, about fair trade chocolate, because maybe that's not as mature of a theme um, as maybe sex trafficking. Mm. But now we have 
um, case after case after case of children uh, between the ages of 12 and 17 who have been recruited by an internet predator and become victims of commercial sexual exploitation. So then it becomes an issue that how do we address this without scaring the kids? And that is, that's a really important um, point that we have to figure out the middle of the road on that. Uh, sure. and, and it's so important. I want to tell you right here in Orange County, two years ago, um, a pimp, a trafficker, uh, recruited three girls from out of state. He met them online on a social media network and told them they were beautiful, created friendships with them, then sent them bus tickets and brought them to Orange County where he then sold them on the internet for commercial sexual exploitation. Now that, that perpetrator was ca- captured and prosecuted and he's in prison. But those kids didn't understand the risk of making friends online with someone they didn't know. And that's where using the NetSmart's materials in our classrooms as part of our health or language arts or technology class will begin to build stronger prevention strategies. And school teachers are right on the front line. And of course, this goes without saying, Sandy, but I'm going to say it anyways. The, you know, even though that person was caught, thankfully, there are many situations that go unreported, That's right. unprosecuted, and we've talked about this again and again. So uh, we hear about these situations sometimes when they happen, but we never hear about the ones that aren't reported. That's right. And so it's, it is it is a bigger issue than it may appear, and it already appears to be a very big issue just from the numbers and we do have. This is something that we really care about at the Global Center for Women and Justice, and our Ensure Justice Conference, March 8th and 9th, um, in the spring is going to be on cyber exploitation. Ah, and okay. we uh, will have the, um, the international director of the, of the Center for Missing and Exploited Children that partners with NetSmarts um, as, as one of our keynote speakers. Cool. Because we need to prepare um, kids for what they may encounter when we are not around. Like you just said, their friend may have a smartphone or they may be in someone else's house where there's Wi-Fi that no one is is monitoring and doesn't have any any security set up to protect kids. Yeah. Well, let's move along with what kind of resources can a teacher expect to find on the educators section of the um, NetSmarts website. And you will need to register. It's just free to register. Put in your email address, and then you will have access to download videos and activity cards um, that have age-appropriate animation, um, that have documentary shorts. Um, they like to use real kids in the in the stories, and then they're accompanied by classroom lessons that are all prepared with you with objectives oh, and cool. outcomes and little quizzes even like the one I gave you. Yeah. Um, well, and that's a big obstacle for a lot of educators too, is taking the time to prep a lesson. And, and we all know that that takes a lot of time and resources to do. 
So and that's this, already there too, it sounds this like. This has been prepared by the best in education, and they've been vetted by people like Dr. Sharon Cooper, who's a forensic pediatrician that testifies for the FBI on these cases. Oh, wow. And so it is the best. It, it It's wonderful. Awesome. Um, secondly, you can download download internet safety presentations that are like the PowerPoint that I mentioned for um, teaching parents. Well, you have the same kinds of PowerPoints available for in-classroom use, and they'll include little video clips and games and activities. And even for um, a kindergarten class, they have ready-to-print um, activities that you can have kids coloring and matching up the right colors and all kinds of cute little characters. Um, in um, in the elementary package, there's also uh, access to ebooks. You know, I I was I was on a plane because you mentioned earlier I've been to um, go, went to Zambia and Iraq and um, on the plane I saw more kids with. Um, some sort of a tablet, an iPad or something that their parents had handed them Mm -hmm. to occupy them instead of lugging along a great big bag of toys for on the airplane. They just handed them um, a, a tablet or an iPad. And those kids would be able to use these games on those, those um, appliances. Cool. Um, additionally, resources for safety pledges. This is so important for age-appropriate rules that can be used as a contract or a pledge. And classrooms begin each year with pledges and contracts about behavior in person. But this is for behavior online. Excellent resources that are already developed. You don't have to reinvent the wheel. And all the handouts, like I mentioned, even if it's a coloring sheet or a tip sheet with ideas, um, guides. Those are all available to download. And then for the teacher, um, they're even, I just thought this was so creative. They have recipes. I'm like, recipes? What is that? I thought, well, it's a lesson plan recipe. You need one part knowledge, one part application. Sure. No, this is actual internet safety lessons with culinary fun. Oh. Yeah, isn't that fun? Interesting. I I love that. So lots of teaching materials, resource implementation guide, um, educational standards already set up for you. And it's broken down into categories um, to uh, set it up for primary, ages 5 to 7, for elementary, ages 8 to 11, and then you go into middle school and eventually to teens. And you can... Um, also download materials on cyberbullying and gaming and identity theft. Kids don't understand how at risk they are in their own living room. For educators that want to get started with this, Sandy, what's the best first step for them to take to get access to these materials or to start being able to review them? Go to netsmarts.org, N-E-T-S-M-A-R-T-Z.org, and click on educators. And that hmm. will, there's a, um, a menu bar across the top, parents and guardians, educators, law enforcement, teens, um, and kids. And click on educators, and it takes you to a place especially for teachers for elementary and middle school. And that's the best place to start. And this is probably a good time for us to also mention that 
Of course, this year's conference that the Global Center for Women and Justice is sponsoring, Sandy, is going to be all about this issue and many more when it comes to um, when it comes to today's technology connected world and keeping us safe in the cyber world. Exactly. Can you say a little more about the conference for those who may want to? You know, th- obviously, we're just scratching the surface here today. There's so much more to consider around this issue, and particularly those who are in positions where they're influencers and educators and work with kids. Uh, What is the conference going to cover? The conference is going to cover cyber exploitation, and we are going to talk about some tough issues with how pornography drives demand. Um, We're also going to talk about the risks of of exploitation of children, and um, some of the workshops will actually be how to use NetSmart's material. And oh, the NetSmart's cool. people are coming to the conference to provide awesome. those resources. Awesome. So I'm really excited about that. The conference is a two-day conference, March 8th and 9th. It's a Friday, Saturday. And we want to have um, an opportunity for our community to be better equipped to end human trafficking by understanding how to use the internet to fight human trafficking and how to protect and prevent um, our children and our young adults, our kids, from becoming vulnerable to being cyber exploited. And for those who are interested in registering early for that conference, uh, it will be again in March, uh, March 8th and 9th, uh, mm-hmm. coming up 2013. You'll want to go to insurejustice.com. That will get you to the conference page. You can register there. You can also see information about the conference. And uh, and in addition, as we always say, Sandy, you know, March is not the best time of uh, year uh-huh. for weather in lots of parts of the country. So if you're looking for an excuse to come out to Southern California, That's maybe right. spend a day at Disneyland, you can learn a lot about this issue and do a lot of other fun things and enjoy some really good weather while you're out here. Uh, so a lot of opportunity and, a, and most importantly, of course, Sandy, a great opportunity to see some really um, national and international experts on this issue to build a community of people who also care about this and to strengthen connections that will help you to be able to combat this more effectively. Absolutely. Absolutely. And if you need more information, email us at gcwj at vanguard.edu or call us at 714-966-6361. And just a reminder for those of you who are regular listeners to this show and want to stay connected with not only what we're talking about here on the podcast, but want to know more about what's going on with Sandy, what the center's doing, how you can support what we have going on. Also, sign up for our monthly newsletter. Uh, it, Sandy, uh, Leslie's been doing a fantastic oh, job terrific. Yeah. of getting out the newsletter. Uh, it is fantastic. So the way to do that is go to our website, gcwj.vanguard.edu. And on the lower left-hand corner, there's a place to sign up for our monthly newsletter. Do that and you'll stay connected with us. Sandy, see you in two weeks. All right. Thanks, Dave. Take care, everybody.